0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 174 of Lockdown Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadians podcast, and we are, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you are back to getting your team every single day of the week in easy to digest little bits. I am, of course, one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla, who is enjoying the current Twitter revolution that's been going on for 20 minutes. And I am joined as always by my very confused co-host about this revolution right now, Laura Saba. Laura, how are you on this Wednesday afternoon evening situation?
1: <laughs> well, the last thing I remember is that some really big accounts like Joe Biden, Jeff Bezos, um, got hacked. Like that, that's something that I remember. And then I, I went, like I left the internet realm to uh, do a video chat with my friends and I came back and all of a sudden there like there was a revolution going on on Twitter <laughs> and apparently I guess all the blue check marks got uh, their tweet functionality disabled.
0: It's been a very strange half an hour or so uh, before we jump into this episode where we are going into our first ever aesthetic roundup uh, programming note, that I will not be here for Friday's mailbag episode that is being recorded tomorrow due to some personal family matters. So Laura will be hosting the episode tomorrow and it's going to be fantastic. We are going to push the mailbag to Monday's episode. So if you do have questions, please send them in. We are going to do it on Monday instead of Friday this week. Gives us all weekend for you to send in your questions for us about everything what that you could possibly want answered. So please hit us up at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Now to the thing that everyone wants to hear about though. Did you see Charlie Lindgren's mustache this week, Laura? It's honestly incredible stuff.
1: It's epic. I'm, I'm, I wanted to do like an entire episode on it, but I do understand that our listeners want a little bit more well-rounded hockey content. So we're just gonna talk about the aesthetic roundup right now and on it it's epic. It's insane. It it feels like it feels like the playoffs because you have ridiculous facial hair.
0: And that's the thing is like then there was the Canadians tweeted a video of Shea Weber smiling at the camera, and that man's beard is like he normally has a pretty full beard going during the season. This is like next level. And I'm kinda wondering, what the hell did Shea Weber do during this pause in hockey that he looks like that? Did he just like Retreat to a cabin in the woods until like someone load a signal flare for him to come back to Montreal or something. Cause his beard is like Robin Williams and Jumanji levels of massive right now.
1: He did a hike across the country.
0: I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but I'm hopefully <laughs> no one confused him for like a Sasquatch or anything considering there are a lot of similarities. And speaking of hair, one of our, you know, one of the most, it was uh, Mark Antoine Godin who put together the uh, mullet rankings for the Canadians as they've come back into camp, which it looks like several of them probably have not seen a barber since the hockey season ended.
1: I mean, it's important content. I, I need to know who's rocking the longest or worst mullet on the Canadians. I feel like, this is something that we're so excited for the team to be back. And not just that, it's, it's a playoff thing, a playoff thing that we weren't expecting to see at all this season. So, you know, the whole thing, like the Shea Weber's legendary beard and then all of this hair. And we know obviously it's because, you know, getting, getting your hair, um, I guess hair cut or styled or trimmed or whatever is hard to come by in a pandemic where most hairdressers were closed for the longest time. But I feel like. At this point, if you're a hockey player, you just go with it. If, if you, if you, if you're back in action, if you're playing in the playoffs, you just go with it and see how ridiculous you can get it to be. Uh, and hold on. I'm looking for the rankings because he was very, very careful about his reporting. He did some, some, I guess, analysis. I wouldn't say research because they were right in front of him. (laughs) I would say analysis. And I have it right in
0: front of me actually right now. Uh, All right. from Mark Antoine Godin, longest hockey mullets on the Canadians right now. Jordan Wheel at number one, and he already has fairly curly hair to start with. Uh, Jonathan Duane, which doesn't surprise me. We've seen him grow out his hair in his first season here. The one that does surprise me is Brendan Gallagher, because normally he's kept his hair pretty short, and from the few videos he's got, he's got the locks flowing out of the side of the helmet and everything, and it's, I can't wait to see how, like, scraggly all these guys look like in their (laughs) exhibition game against the Leafs, honestly.
1: It's awesome, and the one thing that I will say is that I'm very grateful that Brendan Gallagher did not try to cut his own hair, because does that not sound like something he would try to do? I
0: I guarantee you it is, but I'm hopeful that someone talked him out of it, because I think we answered that question, too, is that who's most likely to cut their own hair, and we both agreed – it's definitely Brendan Gallagher, and I don't know what it says about him, that every time someone's like, who's gonna be the first Canadian to do something stupid during this lockdown? And all, our answer is always Brendan Gallagher, without even a second thought on the matter. And now, one last part of the aesthetic roundup, which I love because my entire goalie analysis comes from how cool their pads are. Carrie Price brought back the all red pad setup in practice today, and I gotta say, one, I didn't like it during the season when he's worn it before, and it didn't fare him any better. I'm pretty sure he got lit up in games that he wore the old red pads. Not my favorite thing, uh, unfortunately. Just not my favorite thing.
1: No, I really hate it. I hate. It. I hope. I hope. Actually, it's 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 weird because I don't want him to use it in the playoffs, but then if it's going to be hor- horribly distracting to the Penguins. I'm all for it. And then I thought about Marc-Andre Fleury when he was on the pens and those ridiculous yellow pads he had. So they're probably immune to garish, ugly goalie pads. And I hope that Carey Price goes back to his normal, everyday pads for the actual exhibition game and playoffs or play-in, play-ins. in
0: Yes. I mean, who knows? It's Carey Price. I can't really tell him what to do. He makes $10 million a year. I do not. And he's also one of the best goalies in the world. So I guess... We got to kind of let the guy do what he wants. But if I was a fashionista, which I am not, I would still say carry the all red does not. It doesn't work. bud. maybe maybe next time. However, going into this play in series, now that we've had a week to kind of analyze training camp and everything else, we're going to take a look at some what we think are going to be the X factors going into the series against the Penguins. And that's coming up next. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines to. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oils and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specification, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low in the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now we're talking X factors in this segment here, and I don't mean the reality TV show that started in England or anything like that. We're talking about what players from the Canadians need to perform at their best possible level. If this team is going to somehow beat the Pittsburgh Penguins and anything is possible, but, who do we think are going to be the X-Factors? And Laura, I'm interested to see who you think, because I imagine we have different views on who needs to be the most elite player on the team to have success.
1: I'm going to go a little bit out there. And I'm going to say whoever they decide is going to be the backup goalie because the Penguins are on the record uh, saying that they are worried about the carry price factor. If you are a team like the Penguins, and if you are somebody like Evgeny Malkin, who's very sneakily dirty, uh, the first thing you're going to do when you get on the ice is target Carey Price. You're going to try and get a lot of shots on him, and then that's actually going to make him play better because he, he loves that. And then you're going to start running into him accidentally, pushing Brendan Gallagher into him maybe, throwing Shea Weber onto him. So what we really need as Canadians fans, what the Canadians as a team need, if they're going to have success in this play-in-play-play-play-in-round, uh, is that their backup is going to have to be solid because there's going to be at least one game where Carey Price is going to miss some time, not necessarily the whole game, but there's going to be a question mark there. And the worst thing is they have to play the worst slash best. Like they're, The exhibition game that the Canadians are going to play is going to be against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, are you not going to try and screw with the Canadians chances in the following round? I think like that's, that's the big thing about the exhibition, um, game is that this is a prime opportunity for players to get injured unnecessarily. So for me, like the big X factor is going to be who they decide is going to be the backup goaltender in this play-in and how that person ends up playing.
0: I think for me, the biggest X factor is going to be how strong can the Canadians top four play right now? Because it's Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt, Jeff Petrie, and Victor Mete. They're going to be asked a lot because they're defending at least two and a half to three very good lines. And they need to keep them off the score sheet while also generating play from their own end of the ice. And we know how good Shea Weber can be. We know how good Jeff Petrie can be. Ben Chirot has his up and downs, but he seems like the kind of guy made for the playoffs and why Montreal went out and got him, but they're going to be defending one of the all-time best players, and, you know, behind him is one of the other best players in the past 15 years, and it's going to be, it's not going to be easy, but their entire series seems to kind of rest on how strongly can they defend and keep the play out of their own end, which also kind of... Lends itself to the forward group. We know how good Philip Denno, Thomas Tarn, Brendan Gallagher can be. Now, can they do like Thomas Placanitz did for years and just drive Sidney Crosby up a wall and try to get him off his game? Because we've seen it happen and it's possible to do that, but it isn't an easy task. Thomas Placanitz did that for years without any kind of, you know, anyone heralding his cause during all that. I'm kind of wondering, the other X Factor is, how strongly can the Canadians' top line match up against Pittsburgh's top six, which has Malkin and Crosby and a whole mess of other talented players?
1: I feel like if you try to match up with them, it's not going to be successful. Like, that's not a strategy for success in this very short series. I think what you have to do is try and work around them and, um like the Canadians don't have secondary scoring <laughs> or to be more accurate, they don't have primary scoring. Their primary scoring is secondary scoring. It's what you would want your secondary scoring to be on an elite team. So like ideally, you know, however much they step up, what they need is more strategy than talent. I think for this, like it, it's honestly, I don't know how you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to ma- like, how you're going to try and get the advantage in line matchup. So what you have to do is like hack the system.
0: Yeah, I kind of wonder, because we talked about this with Kotkaniemi and where Max Domi ends up, and I think that is probably the biggest lingering one is Max Domi's absence or inclusion totally changed the facets of this lineup because he's one of their best offensive stars. And without him, they need someone like Kotkaniemi to step up, someone like Lekkanen to step up, someone like Paul Byron to step up. If Domi's there, it takes some pressure off and allows them to have more scoring depth but at the same time, then where does he slide in? And do you drop Cod out of the third C spot for Max Domi? Do you move one of the two to wings? And his inclusion allows the Canadians to probably play the matchup game a little bit better. But without that, Claude Julien, especially in the non-home games, is at the mercy of having not having last change and who to put out there. So he's going to have to be doing everything in his power to try and get the matchup. So if Max Domi's out there, somebody he can trust, it kind of gives them a little bit of, not an advantage, but evens the playing field, I guess, especially. And then that, even on top of that is, is everyone up to speed? Is everyone ready to go? Uh, Training camp and everything isn't easy, especially when you've been off for so long, and now it's shortened and you're flipping the switch right into playoff mode. And that can't always be an easy adjustment for players.
1: Exactly. I honestly, I'm very curious to see what happens because, on a you know, overall in a long season, obviously the teams are vastly outmatched or differently matched. I, I, I guess I've forgotten how to talk today. I don't know. Maybe it was the, the sight of of Carey Price's goalie pads that has thrown my brain off. Uh, but in a very short sample size, there like magical things can happen. Is is my um it it's not my hope it's it's more like i'm excited to see i'm interested to see what happens and then again it could be like an embarrassing three game sweep like we don't know but i feel like the canadians will be able to make it at least a little bit interesting
0: yeah i think that's the biggest thing is that i i'm rooting for the canadians to play well but lose and i want them to show that they can match up with this team but you know Oh no, we lost to a team with two generational talents. Oh no, like that, you're supposed to lose to teams with generational talents, unless you have generational talents, which the Canadians do not, but that's an entirely other thing. I guess it'll be interesting, and maybe next week we'll kind of look at as lines solidify and we get closer to that exhibition game, you know, which players are, have the most pressure on them going into this? And we want to hear from you, who do you think is going to be the Canadians X factor? going into the series against the Penguins. We want to hear from you. Uh, hit us up at LO underscore Canadians or on Laura, myself's personal Twitter accounts. We want to hear what the fans are also thinking, because there's any number of ways we can go with this. And now in our final segment coming up next, I want to borrow an idea from, you know, soccer around the world that's they've been using since the restart happened in their own leagues. And I wonder if it can be applied to the NHL, and we'll talk about that. Coming up next. Now, anyone who watches soccer around the world in any league knows that in the game of soccer, you're given three substitutes over the course of a 90-minute game that you can interchange at any time if you want to put out a more defensive player or an offensive player when you need a goal, if you've got to substitute someone because there's a red card or whatever, and they've increased that to you get five substitutions from three uh due to the restart with just, you know, players probably not having the same fitness and everything else going on and for safety reasons. And it was Harrison from Lockdown Jets who had a tweet earlier today that mentioned wondering if the NHL could do something similar and have a substitute rule like soccer, but maybe it's only one or two players per game and you can only substitute them between periods. And I kind of wonder what would the NHL look like, Laura, if, teams could, you know, make those changes. Obviously, you can change your tactics in-game, but what if you could put out, you know, a more defensive defenseman to end the game or another centerman to take face-offs in your bottom six to kind of help finish out the game? Do you think that something the NHL could actually go get around to doing and potentially make work?
1: I think it would be really fun. And I, I'm guessing that the rules would be the same like soccer, right? Like once you've done a sub, you can't bring the player back in. Like the player's done. So I think it would be really interesting, especially in a situation where let's say two players are competing for one roster spot. Call up two guys, play both of them uh, in game, and see how they react. I think that's that's a a fun um, like a fun way to do things, and I think it's 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 a good possibility. I feel like. Logistically, it would be a little bit hard, so the NHL wouldn't go for it unless it's a player that fully dresses but can't come out to the bench or something. Like I don't, I don't know how that would work. Or it's a player that I just feel like the logistics are just a little bit weird because how do you keep track? You know, like it's obviously um, a player that gets pulled out uh, can still in soccer can still hang out and cheer with his teammates and stuff like that. So I have no idea how they would enforce it, but I think it'd be really interesting.
0: Yeah, I, cause I like, I'm imagining the Canadians, cause we look at the options on their fourth line and like, Dale Weiss is right there now. Let's say they're trailing by two goals going into the third period. Do they turn around and go, we're gonna put, you know, Charles Houdon in for Dale Weiss, cause we need some, we need someone with an offensive bent into their game to try and score goals. Or, okay, we're up a couple goals. We're gonna, you know, bench Jonathan Dwayne and we're gonna bring on another defensive forward. We're going to move Jordan wheel up the lineup and we're going to put uh Ryan Paling back in on the fourth line to try and see out the rest of this game. Or we're going to take Dale Weiss out and we're going to put another defender out there and have a seventh defender to kind of rotate through if they need to. I feel like there's a lot of fun gamesmanship that could go around with that, that it's like, okay, we need to defend the lead. What can we do that? Obviously you can change goals at any point in the game. That's always been a thing, but it's like, all right, we're up goals. We can, you know, put Mete on the bench right now. Let's bring in Kale Fleury because we want someone with a little bit more defensive edge to their game. Or let's put in Noah Juleson and bench Christian Foline now because we need someone with a little bit more mobility to go with a steady defensive game. And for someone like Claude Julien, who loves to tinker in game, I wonder if this could kind of help satiate that part of his coaching style that he has where he's constantly tinkering in game and making changes where now in between periods he goes, all right, I wasn't happy with that. We're going to substitute you for you. And this is what we're going to do now. We're going to try and tailor made the game for this substitution to try and get something going instead of having to wait and try and do it with players who might not fit that system in game. He can swap them around and see what he can make happen. And I feel like it'd be fun to see which coaches can adjust to that on the fly. It's like, let's say, You know, Claude Julien goes more defensive. Do the Penguins try and put out another offensive player and risk exposing themselves in that game to try and score more goals? Or do they just trust their own players to go ahead with it and not make any adjustments at all? It kind of feels like a really fun idea that the NHL could experiment with, even if it's like an exhibition games to start with.
1: I'm just trying to think of all the possibilities now. Like, would you have the rule be just one substitution allowed per game? Would you be like regular soccer and do, uh, just three allowed per game? Would you go all the way and say unlimited substitutions? I mean, there's only a certain number of people that can be on a, on a roster at any given time anyway, uh, to maximize it. And then, like, honestly, I just, I feel like the possibilities are endless. I, I don't know if the NHL would even consider something like that. I wonder if it's ever even been a thing. Um, but it's just, I just feel like it would be, it would change games. Like, honestly, if something isn't going the way that you want it to, just, you know, when you want to send a message and you bench people, instead of benching people, just bring in someone completely new who's been watching the game the whole time and probably might have a little bit of insight on what they need to do to push your team over the edge.
0: Yeah, it's like, and also imagine being one of those players who just isn't playing well. You're taking too many penalties in the game or you're just not effective you're no longer benched. Like, imagine you, like, in between periods, like, you're out, you're substituted, like, you're not even going to get a shot to play the rest of the game. It's a very strong way to send a message. And obviously, you don't want to do that to players and, you know, hurt their confidence. But at the same time, it feels like a way for coaches to play game within a game. And I got to say, it'd be interesting to see which coaches could actually make this work. Cause you have a team like Toronto that has so many depth scoring pieces. And same with Tampa Bay and other teams, but then you have um, Montreal who has a dearth of fourth liners or potential players like that or sixth, seventh defensemen who are there to, like, kind of hold the lead going forward. How do you kind of match up everything with that? And, like, could you start a game with 11 forwards and seven defensemen and then shift back? There's so many opportunities that I feel like it'd be a really fun idea for the NHL to experiment with, even if it starts at, like, the lower levels and works its way up. And it doesn't need to be five like it is in soccer right now. It probably doesn't even have to be three. You get one, like, let's say it's one substitution in between each period. And then maybe overtime if you wanted to, if that, but that's another entire story. I just feel like it'd be something interesting for the NHL to look at. And to be quite honest, I don't know if they'll actually go ahead and do it, but I definitely think I will hope they would look at that in the future just to make that change, especially if it makes the game more exciting and fun for fans. Anyways, it definitely won't be in this playoff series. I, at least I hope not anyways.
1: Yeah, it would be one of those things where they like discuss it at a few board of governors meetings and then they introduce it in the AHL preseason and experiment with it. And then they'll bring it up to the NHL level. But I don't think it's even on their radar. So, Harrison, if you're listening to this, uh, try and get the NHL's attention and tell them your amazing idea.
0: And with that, that is going to wrap up this episode. Normally, this is where I would beg and plead you for Friday mailbag questions. However, I am still going to do that, but they are for Monday now. Please hit us up at LO underscore Canadians. You can find Laura at The Active Stick. You can find me at Scott Madley. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Again, I will not be here for tomorrow's episode, but Laura has something fantastic lined up for you all. Trust me, you're going to love it. Listen to it. Share the hell out of it. Do everything you can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now ask your smart device to play the newest episode of Locked and HL.